Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a wonderful week so far. Thank you for joining us this week for a new episode. Brittany, how you been? Good. Good. Boy, that was short. Real good. <laughs> Woohoo. Yes, how I was. You didn't ask what I've been doing. Well, I know what you've been doing. But what have you been doing? Well, I don't, I don't know. You acted like you knew better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Working. That's all we do. We work. We work, we work, we work. Um... So I'm going to go ahead and kind of set everyone's expectations for this episode. I have been doing a little bit of continuing education, uh, some listening to some new podcast episodes and reading books and doing the things that I need to do ever so often, you know, every year. Mm -hmm. But I have found something that has blown my mind in a way that one, I've been doing a portion of for the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years, but then there's so much more to it. So it's, this is probably just going to be one episode of probably many because my brain right now, honestly, I'm so excited about what I am getting into that I really don't even want to do this episode right now. I just want to go study and read. <laughs> well, it's funny you say study and read. It's more, I feel like it's more of you validating what you've done for 20 plus years. It's like, oh, oh, there, there are other people doing this and they approach it the same way. That's, you, what, that's what I felt like when I was listening. Because I, I think... It, you know, you're kind of right because of all the kind of dog trainers that I've listened to and, and colleagues that I've listened to. And and I think when I when I came across this, I was like, my people. Yeah. I found my people. Yeah. No, that, and there's this uh, sense of community when you find like-minded people. When you know, like, you're fighting for something. Yeah. And you're advocating for something. And you feel like you're sort of in your own bubble or you're alone. And then you find other people, especially people who have a larger platform. Yes. And you're like, oh, hey, that's what I've been doing. That makes sense. Yes. And I don't even think I realized that that's what I was doing. Yeah. I, I think I maybe even thought that there were, that that's how you 
Well, you just thought like and that's how that's you, what that's, positive trainers are doing. That's what we do, right? So, and I know everybody's like, "What are we talking about?" Okay, so we are talking about so dun-dun-dun. so really, we're talking about looking at the dog as well. One, what it is a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding that. The way that we've been handling dogs and a lot of even just handling dogs and training and the way that owners are thinking of their dogs and what they think that their dog has to do to be a good dog, um, that's definitely, it's, it's not the case. that it, We're thinking of more of an ethological portion of things, mm-hmm. right? So I've been listening to Kim Brophy, and I can't believe it's been this, it, I've taken this long to find her. Um, she's an applied ethologist, but she also does canine uh, behavior counseling. But just her whole process is one of her things that she talks about is when I see a dog and its behavior, I don't ask how am I going to fix this, but why is it happening? Mm-hmm. And when she said that, I was like, I've been doing that. That's how I approach your behavior method. problems. Yeah, And I think I don't, and she has this whole... She's going like beyond the operant because mm-hmm. we think as positive trainers, you got to you're using operant conditioning. You're in the quadrants, but when you're looking at emotions, you're outside of that, and you have to kind of look beyond that. And and it's I sort think, of a therapist, you sort of take a therapist role. And I have done that for, right for the dog. Yes, and even times with owners. And I think that's how I kind of got started with the dog, with that because I love psychology, mm-hmm. and so trying to to really get to the heart and. and of course, a lot of my clients have heard me say, you know, we are going to make your dog the best version of himself, mm-hmm. right? Not trying to turn him into something that he's not. It's like, you know, I think a lot of times people are trying to take dogs and turn them into something that they think they should be. And, you know, a new Nickyism, uh, you can never turn a beef patty into a chicken breast. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't care how hard you try, a beef patty is never going to be a chicken breast. Yeah. And I think that that we've maybe led owners down the wrong path and only looking at why when we're talking behavior issues instead of just looking at general training, general lifestyle. Uh, You know, we've talked uh, enrichment, meeting needs, Mm -hmm. but it really goes beyond that. Yeah. And I have just been, I don't know. And and I, I think that when I do look at a dog and I look at why is the dog lunging? Right. Why is the dog lunging? What is the motivation behind it? We have to, we fix that motivation. A lot of times you can fix the external behavior, but I've never gone as deep as really taking in the breed Mm -hmm. specifics. Um, I've always kind of went at it as canine first. And yes, understanding that some breeds need certain things. Like I don't think that Great Pyrenees need to be pets. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we are doing a b- big disservice for them as pets um, if we're not meeting those needs of hanging out in the pasture um, for 20 hours a day right? and not being overstimulated like living in a neighborhood or living around kids. You know, we're trying to turn these Great Pyrenees into pets when that is not what they've been bred for. Well, you know... You've always offered the service and and you've done this many times since I've been, since I've known you, since I've been working with Dog Speak, where you will 
help someone find the dog that is right for them. And all right, what's your lifestyle? What what work are you willing to put in? You know, what are you willing to deal with as far as quote unquote baggage yeah. with a dog? And you, you've always been really good with that. I think ultimately you've been doing a lot of what people like Kim are are doing. But now you have like the the vocabulary for it. Like you you can see that there's a whole group of people like that. Whereas before we're like, why is this so frustrating here? Like why are people not getting like why are other why are other trainers and consultants not getting this? And I think it's and and I'm I'm just gonna say this because I've had a glass of wine and I can. And I'm not the trainer, so whatever. I'm not going to throw in anyone under the bus. But, you know, with, with social media, um, there there are a lot of trainers who still use aversive techniques. And they get real defensive about those techniques, man. Yes. And and I've noticed that positive trainers online are like, yeah, but, but let's look at it this way. Like, um, you know, not that they're... They're like, I'm not having to defend my position. Like, it's just, it is what it is. This is psychology. This is science. This is, this is real life. This, you know, but I can see how that would get daunting as someone who's a positive trainer when you're, when you have someone who's so publicly attacking the way that you're training. Well, you know, that's real. actually brings up a really good point. One of the things is that as a dog trainer, so many times people come to us expecting us to fix the behavior. Right. That's all they care about. Yeah. Fix the behavior. And when they don't care about what the why mm-hmm. and, and understanding that you may not be able to walk your uh, Australian shepherd down a busy street where cars are coming by every two seconds. Mm-hmm. You may not be able to do that. I know that's what you want. People don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear it. They want you to fix it. And that's doing, that's a, that's a disservice to the dog, and that is for us, dog speak. We are about speaking for the dogs. We are their advocates. It's literally our name. It's literally our name. <laughs> it's and so when when people are like, "Well, you're not fixing the issue, and you want me to now walk him somewhere else, or maybe not walk him at all," yeah, then they go to an aversive trainer who puts a shock collar on the dog, and now they are you know punishing the dog for doing something that we bred them to do. Mm-hmm. Australian shepherds have been bred to herd, and then we're putting shot collars and prong collars and trying to stop a behavior that is innate, and and it's there, and that you know that stimulus response, it's it's boom, it here it is, it's yeah. what's going to to create this what they would call a behavior issue, which really is their natural behavior, mm-hmm. and for us to manipulate that to make the owners more comfortable or to meet the owner's need is not fair. Yeah. And I think so. And that's what we were talking about. Who is, who is this training benefit? Exactly. Who is it benefiting? And I think that the majority of training does not benefit dogs. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, you're basically making dogs conform to what you think they should be. Yeah. What they to should make be. your life easy. Instead of, and you know, it's funny because it's been a to while. To a social norm. Yeah. And it's been a while since I've had anybody reach out to be like, help us find the right dog. No, they see breeds. They think they're pretty. They think they're cute. Their neighbor has one. It's really sweet. They love seeing This breed won the dog show. This breed like, won the dog show. And, yeah. and now 
they got all these problems and they think the dog is a bad dog when in, in actuality it doesn't fit you, you the family's lifestyle does not fit with this dog and yeah. i have been guilty of going okay i need to fix this behavior right i need to make these owners happy and fix this behavior even though i'm still going what's the reason but i'm still i've still tried to change that behavior i've still tried to work with australian shepherds that walk down with streets and with cars going by mm-hmm. now finding this new kind of group uh, that I get to listen to and I get to absorb and they and it's a lot of it's very thought provoking and and they're not saying well this is we have all the answers this is how you do it it's really nice because they're coming together and just talking it through mm-hmm. and and I and once uh Sarah Fisher I was listening to her um with the beyond the opera as well and I think what she said was beautiful was um we need to question everything mm-hmm. and we need to always question methods, thought process, question everything, but the dog never question the dog because the dog is the only one that's an expert on dogs. Boom. Boom. Right. And her big thing is about observing dogs in their kind of, in a kind of a natural way or, or, um, I know I'm probably not saying that correctly, but observing dogs without the restrictions mm-hmm. we put on them mm-hmm. um and it's just my mind truly i'm just like oh my god my people i'm so glad that we're bringing this this conversation up because you know i don't have any letters after my name right so why would anybody listen to me but yet this has kind of been my entire thought process of not not looking at, at the behavior as an external behavior, but truly getting to that internal yeah. issue. And But I've not gone deep enough. I've learned I've never gone deep enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really, I've been, I've just been blown away with the things that have come out. And if anybody like sort of wants to follow up on what we're talking about, I, I did post this to the dog speak Facebook page. Um, Kim's, on a podcast with Mike, please pronounce Michael Shikashio. Okay, thank you. I will. <laughs> please, look. I hope I said that right. I'm so sorry. Like, I will never. Uh, I will remember it. I just have to practice. I haven't practiced it. Yes. So, um, she is on his. She's on a lot of different podcasts. She's on, yeah, she's on several. But the one that you really need to listen to is actually on YouTube. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't listened to that one yet. It there's there's four four segments now. It is absolutely, and it's a, um, you know, there's three and then four people on two episodes and then just two of people on an episode. But it, if you just look up YouTube and, and just look up Beyond the Operant, you'll find it. And I, I'm not kidding. I can't stop listening to it. That's all I've listened to in the car today. At the gym, I listened to it. Mm-hmm. Just because it was so refreshing yeah. to say, we don't have all the answers, but we need to open this dialogue to setting, and the, the words they use are, are dogs caretakers. Yeah. Setting their expectations and helping them understand that, you know, you have a dog that barks all the time, 
you know, with everything that cr- passes by, well, it's a Pyrenees. I don't know what you expect, right? Mm-hmm. Or my Pyrenees wants to not be in the house. It wants to go outside. Doesn't want to come in when I call it. Well, duh. Duh. Because that's <laughs> what the dog is used to. I mean, that's easy for us to say, like sitting back, like, well, duh. It's right. Like Pyrenees. So I think we, we have to do a better job at saying, what dog is right for me? What can I give this dog? Am I living in the right environment mm-hmm. for this dog? You know, it's because it, here's the thing: we breed dogs to do certain things. We've bred them for you know years and years and years and years, right? To do certain things. Passed genetically down, those are still there, and it doesn't matter if it's taken out of context. It's still going to happen because of the genes. So there's uh, the one I was listening to today. We we're talking about there was a um, a paper that was done in the '80s where they took a beaver and they put it in the desert. That seems cruel. With sticks. <laughs> That's real cruel. Right. With st- with a pile of sticks. They took a Walkman. Which uh, Tiffany tonight was like, "What's a Walkman?" Oh no! I know. So Tiffany, love you, Tiff. Love you, Tiff. Um, in y'all don't defense, know a Walkman. In her defense, back in the day, much younger than she's we very are. young. So <laughs> back in the day, a Walkman would be a a radio player or a cassette tape that had headphones to it, and it it fit in both your hands because it. Usually okay, listen, mine was a C- my Walkman was a yeah, CD, CD player. player. Some of y'all can remember the CD player. Okay, right? yes, that's what she's like. Oh, she's like, yeah, the CD player. I'm not that old. Yeah, so I, I am. I had a Walkman. <laughs> My Walkman, I did too, but it was a CD player. Yeah, I had a Walkman, and I made sure that when we were going on vacation that I had plenty of batteries. Oh, so many AA batteries. So many AA batteries. Man, there was nothing worse than getting on the school bus at like 7 o'clock in the morning, and you start your Walkman, and you get like one song. And then it dies. And it dies. It sucks. It was like, here's the thing, though, about the CD player that you didn't get with like the uh, cassette player. Is that you You see the CD, like, because you can see it. There's like a little view oh, yeah. of it. And you just see it, like, spinning slower and, and slower. slower. It's like the spin of death. And you're like, no. I mean, when you listen to a Walkman with a tape player, it started to sound like Satan was coming through your headphones <laughs> when your battery started. That's, that's legit. <laughs> so, for those that don't know what a Walkman is. but uh, Google so, it. So, go back to the beaver in the dam. <laughs> Beaver now at the dam. All right, so no, so they take they took a beaver, they put it in the desert, they gave it a pile of sticks, and underneath the sticks they put a Walkman and they played the sound of uh, moving water. This just seems like a real cruel joke that I'm not on board with. This is the stimulus response. The beaver immediately started building a dam because the sound of the water made this this innate Mm -hmm. behavior occur all because of that did they did they take the beaver back to i'm where sure they did should go? i'm sure you could probably just, look up the paper you're just telling me that so i feel better <laughs> he's he's now buried in a pyramid Aww. i mean so so then we look at okay well i have a border collie who has never been around sheep but that that fast bicycle that's running by mm-hmm. looks Pretty similar to what they've been genetically bred to do, and we wonder why they lunge. Well, and that's funny. Like growing up, our border collie Molly, 
who I thought was just perfect. And after listening to this podcast, I realized why she was such a good dog. Because we let her be herself. Be a dog. We didn't train her for herding. But our neighbors who had cows, when the cows got out, they didn't have a dog for the longest time. Uh, they eventually got an Australian shepherd who did his job. But they would they would drive up to our house, pick up our dog, and I'm like, why? Like she doesn't she's she doesn't know what she, like she's not a herding dog. We don't train. They're like, listen, the cows are out. We got to get them back in. This this bee, they our neighbor would come get him get her on his gator, drive her down the hill. She'd get the cows back in, and he'd drive her back home like she was a princess. She'd just sit in the front seat like what. I did my job. exactly, And it was just so, I think that was the first time, because so many of us up there had herding dogs. We had herding breeds. And they weren't necessarily working. Right. But they were outside a lot. They had the ability they to slept do inside more at night. what's yeah. natural. Um, and she went with me on errands and things like that. And if you listen to the podcast, you'll, you'll hear about that as well. And I never thought about that until recently. I was like, load her up in the car and let's go, you know. But she would, she would go put the cows back in the field. They'd fix the fence, and then that was it. And you know, it was just she wasn't trained to do that. It was just natural for her. It was innate, right? It was those, it was those genes that had been passed down, right? So when you have a border collie or an Aussie or any herding breed. In your small home in the suburbs. That's been in a crate for. <laughs> and you have guests over. 15 to 20 hours a day. And and they're nipping at their feet. When they move. When they move. Yep. Like. Is that a behavior problem? Or is that what. That's. That is the beef patty that cannot yeah. be a chicken breast. Exactly. It's it's really unfair. It is unfair. To take that away from them. And there there are ways to sort of manage that and cope with that. That aren't detrimental to the dog's welfare. Right. Uh, but I think that's something that people don't think about. They're like, well, that's a pretty dog. or Oh, yeah. I would love my, my great aunt had a Border Collie, and that was the smartest dog. Yeah. But just like what you just said, your dog, Molly, was a great dog. Mm-hmm. And so now you have a Border Collie mm-hmm. who doesn't live on a farm, mm-hmm. who is in the house, goes in and outside. She loves to be outside. Even when it's cold. And I let her. And you let her. But, you know, what are we doing to help those genes express themselves? Mm-hmm. Are we doing enough for her welfare? Yeah. Right. And, and you know, what one of the big things that, you know, we're, we're kind of getting out of all this is like a herding breed. They need to know that they have a job. They need to know they're important. They have responsibility because that's what they've been bred to do. Yeah. And I think people think that that's like a stereotypical thing. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's how it used to be. But honestly, that's that's how it still is. And she's a mix, but she is a Border Collie dominant. And I'm assuming some other, let's be real, she's yeah. probably a Border Collie Aussie based on what her siblings looked like. Yeah. Um, that's, that's there. We did that. We've done that for hundreds of years. That's not going to be bred out no. just because, you know, her, her border collie mom 
had puppies with a, a different breed of dog. Like, that's not going to happen. No. In just a few litters. No. And, you know, it, it's, we probably need to look at, and I forgot who had said this that Kim was talking about, but you guys, if you go back and listen, it's such a good thing to listen to. It's if Especially if you're nerdy like I am with the behavior and really getting on the inside Y'all, of a dog. I've seen Nikki like fired up the past week and a half. Look, I've gotten a little, you know, after 25 years, you get a little stuck in some sand and you're just kind of dragging your feet and you, you lose a little bit of the enthusiasm. Yeah. And this, though, has really, yeah, there is fire in my belly because it, it is opening everything up to me. And and looking at how we are breeding these dogs for looks and not really taking in consideration the genetics of what they've been bred to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you take something, you know, these these doodles. I mean... You said these doodles. These doodles. <laughs> it's like I'm starting to see them, you know, a Bernese mountain dog and a poodle, a Bernadoodle. But let's look at what do these two dogs do? What What is their genetics? And why are we putting those together? Okay. <laughs> the puggle. Right? Does everybody remember the puggle? God right? bless. We took a dog. You literally cannot take two more opposite dogs and put them together. You take a dog <laughs> who uses their nose genetically. And you put it with a dog with no nose because it's cute. That is, that's wrong, right? We have to really look at us ourselves and go, why are we taking this amazing creature? And we're not hating on y'all that have puggles. Oh, no. I think they're they adorable. <laughs> but that's really, to me, that's kind of one of the cruelest things that you can do. And it's just, I don't, I don't think, think, we, I don't think we, we think about that. We don't. We and, don't and I don't about think people enough. think about those things when they go to get a dog. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been kind of, we know that here probably in the next year, we're going to be down to one dog. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about what I want. And I, you know, I, I see a lot of different dogs and I'm, now I'm sitting back and going, okay, how, what kind of kind of teaching am I going to need to be doing? Mm-hmm. Um, can I meet those specific needs? Yeah. Like, can I, I emotionally and physically put in the work for that? Yes. To benefit that dog as much yeah. as that dog is going to benefit me. So I think that's something we don't think about. Yeah. We think about the dog benefiting us, but are we doing the things that benefit the dog? Mm-hmm. Yes. We've talked enrichment, right? But I think we have to look beyond those enrichment things like a snuffle mat, like a, a licky board. Um, but those are those are great things. Those are great things for mental stimulation, but not necessarily for welfare. Correct, and that's and that's the thing. It's the welfare. Like I love to do a puzzle. I can do that all day long. But it, and yeah, like for my mental like state, it might be good. But is it in the long term benefiting me on a you know? deep level yeah I, th- I think that when we look at kind of welfare um one of the things kim says i think that's really good is that behavior i think it was kim that said it that behavior can clue you into your dog's welfare mm-hmm. right if you exactly. think you're having a bunch of behavior problems is that really that the welfare of your dog is not as good as it can be right 
instead of saying, oh, my dog barks out the window and attacks the window and I want it stopped. Yeah. Sure, that can be barrier aggression, but also there. But that barrier aggression can come from frustration because the needs of of the genetics are not being met. Exactly. So I I think it's just, it it truly is um, this huge hole that we could go down and just, I mean, just really just back and forth on this. And and there's just so much in my head that I I really don't, I'm not sure if we even stayed on track on what we kind of wanted to cover because we literally had to sit down last night and, and be like, what do we want to get out in this episode? Because my brain is so full of things. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't listen to podcasts that much. I ain't gonna lie. Cause that's a lot for me to concentrate on, but I'm like putting the garden in this weekend. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fine. I'm gonna listen to this episode. I was like hooked. I was like, oh my gosh. And and mostly like for me, there was like some validation in there too. I'm like, yes. oh, oh, cool. Cool. I'm already doing that. All right. Good. All right. <laughs> it, it is. I'm on yeah. the right track. I'm on the right track. <laughs> My dog's out there with me. Yeah. I'm talking to her all the time. Like, she's a person. I, you know, I think that was the biggest thing for me, that podcast, honestly. I, you know, I, I validation is very important. I think everybody needs to be validated. Um, and I, I will say that it it felt real good yeah. to be validated because, I mean, I've 25 years of doing this. At one point, I was pretty much one of the only females doing it in Middle Tennessee and the and the comments that I would get from male trainers, mm-hmm. um, especially the ones who use diversive techniques, uh, you know, it was it was a roller coaster ride, you know. Um, and so just to, to say, you know, what the way I've been approaching things, this is something that other people have thought about and other people have done and are doing. And Like you're on the right side. I am things. on the right side, yeah. yeah. And I don't have a degree. I don't, I'm not an ethologist. I'm not a... Uh, behaviorist. I'm a canine behavior specialist. Um, I like to think that I do look deeper. Uh, well, not I think. I do look deeper than external behavior, and I try mm-hmm. to help owners understand where it's coming from. Um, but I think that now I can look deeper and be okay with that and start setting even clients' expectations differently and help them understand. Because for me, my goal is for humans and dogs to have the best relationship they can have to where they're both benefit. They're mm-hmm. both benefiting from the relationship. Right. And, you know, one of the things that we need to understand is like, let's get our kids a dog to help them learn responsibility. Is that really benefiting the dog? Is that even benefiting the family? Are you going to be too busy once the kids grow up and they're now playing ball and the dog is stuck at home? You know, who is this all benefiting? We need to start looking at dogs for what they are, which is their own. I don't want to I almost said their own person. They're their own organism mm-hmm. with this brain power and these genetics and these desires and these needs And I think that we need to do a better job at looking at that Mm -hmm. instead of saying, well, my dog needs to do this, this, and this. You know, it's amazing to me how many times you see, and you don't see a ton of videos like this for us, um, just because I've never really 
focused on that, but you see a lot of videos where trainers will post videos of the dogs doing like major obedient stuff. Right. Right. I mean, like they're just like on this behavior. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to ask myself, you know, what's the point? Yeah. What is the point of having the dog do that? What is the point of walking your dog in a hill position right next to you for the entire walk? What is the point? Is the point to benefit the dog or is the point to benefit the owner, making them feel like they've done something, that they've accomplished something and they have control? Yeah. And I can, I can see how those sorts of exercises are beneficial to certain dogs. I, I look at like a dog like Isabella who or any herding dog who depends on direction from a human, like that's like genetically what they're bred for. Yep. I can see how those things are fun. Like, but you can make that fun. Mm -hmm. And, and you see the videos of like border collies and Aussies like doing these like fun little routines with their owners right and and they you can tell they're enjoying it so they have a job they have a job and they're enjoying it but to just do obedience for obedience sake i don't i don't quite get that especially when you see the dog and it looks so robotic and sort of frazzled like like it which I, I get that that doesn't make sense that you put those. I just put those things together. <laughs> I, like a frazzled robot you can see it. Like there are sparks coming out of it right now. Right. Like C-3PO is on fire. That's basically what some of these dogs look like. It's, it's a bad Star Wars scene um, where you can tell they're like, okay, I'm going to do this, but I also hate it. Uh, and I don't know who that's benefiting. It's definitely not benefiting the dog. I don't think it's benefiting the dog. I think that, again, the owners are like, oh, look how good I am. Yeah. Look how good look my dog did. is. Look how well-behaved my dog is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, and but th- that's, again, why we don't we don't teach obedience. Right. We, no, we I We teach real-life manners, right? I get that. Because for me, it's, it's, you know, teaching the dog life skills and then training the dog for specific behaviors for certain situations. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's it's developing the relationship and giving the dog an opportunity to be a dog. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, I tell you, it's, there's just so much that, that can be talked about with this conversation. And, and I think that we're probably going to have to have this conversation many episodes. So just so you guys know, these these. These conversations are probably, we're not going to be having a lot of conversations on how to, right? How to train your dog to do this, how to train your dog to do that. But it's more about understanding having the relationship with your dog and helping them to have the lifestyle that benefits them. So a good example that I think was, um, I think is a really good one is that we went to the farm Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday. It's a 567 acre farm. And once we let the dogs out of the truck... They were no leashes, and I think we probably only gave a couple of commands, and that was like, "Let's go." Well, once we got to the yeah, fishing hole, way. once we went to the, got to the fishing hole, we fished. The dogs did what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. They went out of sight several times, but they always came back. I didn't have we didn't have to give a bunch of commands. And the first time we did that, I panicked. Yes, you did. Like the first time, 
they went out of sight. Granted, like Jake and Dan were there and they're like experienced doll. Like they know what they're doing, but I sent them out with a puppy and I was like, that's it. Never going to see my puppy again. And it's, it's funny. I can take her out there with just her, just, just she Mm -hmm. and I. And, uh, like she'll go do her thing and she comes right back and she checks in. I didn't teach her that. It's just like your relationship developed what we're doing. Your relationship developed it, but but yeah. we also gave her an opportunity to be a dog, mm-hmm. to experience those things. We can't give our dogs that opportunity on a leash all the time. Yeah. You know, um, and I think we need to start focusing more on finding places where we can take our dogs to allow them to be dogs, whether that's off leash or whether that's on a 30 foot leash to where we give them the opportunities to handle things the way that they would be able to handle it if they were in their natural environment. And, you know, understanding that obedience is us. That's our thing, Mm -hmm. right? Dogs, they need to feel safe. Uh, They need to have their needs met as far as what those genetics look like. And they need to have the opportunity to deal with life, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's socializing with other dogs, being out in the environment that they live in, if it's the right environment for them to live in. But giving them all those abilities instead of us taking them and keeping them cooped up in the house, most of the time in a crate, they're out for a couple of hours, they may get a walk around the neighborhood that may be way too stressful for them. Mm-hmm. So they get, they're, they're exhibiting poor behavior uh, because they are, you know, the stress has, has gone above and beyond. And then people are like, well, this dog is just, you know, he needs to learn how to walk on a leash. Yeah. Well, well, let's look at what what our issues are first, right? Let's look at what does this dog need? Uh, is this a behavior problem or is this just the dog? You know, and who says what makes a good dog and what doesn't make a good dog? Yeah. Right. I know that there are people that say, well, if you walk in a house and a dog jumps on you, that dog is out of control and that dog's not trained. You know what? If I walk in a house and my and a I dog take, jumps on me, I take offense to that. <laughs> if if I don't care if the dog jumps, then that's that's fine. Nobody. This is what I tell a lot of my clients. I don't care if your dog jumps. If you don't care, if the dog jumps on me, I look at them and say, "How do you feel about jumping?" Well, I don't mind it. Okay, then I'm going to pet all over your dog and love on your dog. Yeah, I'm not coming in saying, "Well, your dog can't jump." I don't care. It's only four pounds. That is inappropriate behavior. Right. No. I think we just got to stop going, oh, my dog has to do X, Y, and Z. This is why in our group classes, we don't teach X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And that's strange for some people. It is. And they're not okay with that. No. Oh, and that's fine. You know. And we're going to start setting expectations a little bit better for these classes to let people know this is what you're coming to. I am not teaching your dog obedience. I'm teaching you how to have a relationship because if I can teach my dog that that we have a good relationship and I'm going to meet those needs and I'm going to keep that dog safe, then my dog is going to choose to hang out with me mm-hmm. without me having to manipulate them into doing it. Yeah. Like my dog is still going to whine through every <laughs> meeting I take her to. Sorry. Sorry, fellow uh, staff members of RI. She did whine today. It and was, it and was, our question is, why is she whining? We have to figure that out. Right? Not let's just... 
you know, stop How the behavior. How do I fix it? It's why is she whining? What are we missing that she needs that she's not getting? What is it in that moment that caused her to be like, whoa, this is too much going on? And maybe it was. There was a bunch of people around tables. It was a lot going on next door. Uh, there was big trains coming by. And, and you've got this dog who is basically a chaos coordinator like you who needs to get everything in order. And all this stuff was out of order. Yeah. Right? I think I think being able to relate to her on that level, you need things in order. Realizing that a that a herding dogs, especially a border collie, their job is to make sure things are in order. Yes, they are the ultimate chaos coordinator of the canine world. I'm like, oh my god, I am my dog, and your dog is you, <laughs> and they. They can be this big old ball of anxiety. Right. So we, yeah. And they need to, like, they need to be in control of things, but also they need some guidance. They I, need some instruction. I, if I took a quiz on Facebook, I would probably be a border collie. Probably so. But <laughs> but that's what we look at. We go, okay, yeah. we're trying to sit down. We're, you know, we're trying to just, and she's been on a lot of patios. We took her, you know, patios all the time. Lots of socialization. None of that is the issue, mm-hmm. but you sit down and you start looking at everything from her point of view, mm-hmm. right? Because you and I were sitting there and it was irritating, right? I, a couple times, was just like, that's enough because it was irritating. Oh, I was like embarrassed. And that's the thing is you shouldn't be. Everybody else is like, nobody like, else maybe cared. they're just pretending like no, they're okay. Nobody else it. cared. I'm like, I'm going to have to send an email to everybody after this meeting and apologize for my well, dog. I think if you remember what happened the last time with the dogs that were there. Um, I think Charlie even got moved. Like, didn't Charlie get taken to the car or something? Um, Charlie did get taken to the car. <laughs> right. So, Which I was so it. sad about because I love Charlie. <laughs> but we look at it like this. Okay. You have a border collie who is in charge of of putting things in order. Right. Mm-hmm. And we had staff. There were staff members from the building because we had the doors open. So there were people coming in the kitchen. We had us sitting around tables. We had cars and dogs going back and forth on the road. You had a business that was right next door. You had the trains that came by that felt the need to honk their horn 88 times while we were right on top. Right? And then we wonder why she's feeling anxious and she's feeling like she needs to do something. That's why that whining and she's getting up and she's moving and she's pacing because in her mind, this is out of control and I need to control something. You know what's funny about this whole thing too? is you and I were talking about her, the way she um, acts when we're camping, when she and I are camping, how she is. And I was like, you know, we came back from the last trip. I'm like, maybe she doesn't really like it. She seems real bored. You know, like she's not really doing anything. Maybe she just freaking hates camping. Well, after sort of listening to this, I'm like, actually she's real relaxed she's like, like yeah i don't have any i don't really have a job that that needs to be done right now because, because she, everything's in order because she and i are just are the same yep we're like wow wait because i because i there was some point i'm like all right i should walk her because she seems bored like she needs to do something I, I think she's not okay like let's go walk and then there there comes a point in the walk where she's like Head, she starts heading back toward our campsite. She's like, I'm done. I just need to chill. And 
And so it was like today we're driving, like we're coming back from the meeting. I'm like, oh my God, maybe she doesn't hate camping. Maybe that is the time where she sort of like takes off her herding hat. She's like, I can just chill. Yeah. It sort of hit me today looking at motivation. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to go camping uh, like next month. So okay, bye. cool. See ya. <laughs> You know, but, it, but the thing is, um, Kim was also talking about that there was this uh, either a, a book, I think it's a book, but there's also, I think, a little movie um, that they did on it called The Psychology of Happiness. And it mm. talks about how people need to do things where there's no expectations, there's um, there's there's no end. It's just I'm doing it, and when I'm in it, I am just... I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Right. You're feeling that happy without thinking about it. Gardening for you. Oh yeah. Would you have, would you say that? Working out for me is that. And tonight, like I just, you just driving and listen, like I, I just started driving. Yeah. And it's, it's about finding ways to, and we all, we kind of all are trying to find that. And I think that maybe with quarantine, maybe some people have found ways to do that more because they've done they didn't have a choice well good for you right but why do why are we not giving the dogs the ability mm-hmm. to do things where there are no expectations there's no end result yeah just being just being and i think that's what isabella is doing on the camping trip she's just being and i'm i'm all worried like she's bored unhappy and bored and and she's just being. When in reality, she doesn't whine one time. <laughs> I mean, like, you know. She's I, just being. Yeah. And I think you have to sort of look at your, you have to know your dog. Your yeah, individual that's the thing, dog. You have to know what that breed is, Re- what that looks like. And then what does, what does my dog see as? Mm-hmm. If you have a mixed breed, you know, what's. The majority, the majority or 25, 30%. If you have no idea, then, you know, pay attention. Observe. Just watch your dog. Like, what do they enjoy like, doing? Like your kid. Yeah. You know, what does your kid enjoy doing? Right. Help help your dog be the best Develop version that. of himself. Yeah. Develop that. Develop that, right? Stop trying to turn your dogs into something that your neighbor has or something you saw on TV or what some trainer said that you could have. Yeah. We've got to start respecting these dogs and understanding them more than just being something for us. We've got to find a beneficial compromise on what's beneficial for you, what's beneficial for your dog. Mm -hmm. That's how relationships work, not manipulation. And that's you manipulating the dog into changing his behavior to earn rewards from you. Yeah. P.S. Y'all. Nobody likes to be manipulated. Uh, dogs also do not have the ability to manipulate you. They do not. They do not. I just want to, th- because I've I've heard that so many times, probably four times in the last ten days that my dog is manipulating me from people. Yeah, like your dog. Mm, no, they don't. They don't have that. That's capacity. that's not a thing. <laughs> it's not, it's not right. what they do. So we we do we really here's here's something I'm going to encourage you guys to do. Okay. I want you to take your dog, if you have a fenced-in yard, I want you to take your dog into the fenced-in yard, and I want you to go out there with your dog, and I want you to spend five or ten minutes just observing your dog. See what your dog enjoys doing. 
Don't talk to the dog. Don't command it to do anything. Just see. Is the dog just going over in the corner and sniffing and doing what it wants? Is it coming in to check in with you? Is it trying to to spend time with you? All right, so you need to kind of really watch your dog to say, what does my dog need? And if you can't, if you don't have a fenced-in yard, try to find somewhere where you can put a 30-foot leash and just let the dog be. What's it doing? If you have a dog who never comes to interact with you, then ask yourself how that relationship is going. Mm-hmm. Not, well, my dog will interact with me if I have treats. That's not a relationship. That's manipulation. We use treats. I'm not, we're, we're still, I'm going to use treats and reward the dog. Oh yeah. But I'm yeah. also not, I, and this is what I've told clients before too. I never force a dog to work with me. Mm-hmm. If I'm not rewarding enough, if I'm not enjoyable enough, I'm not going to force a dog to work with me. I need to find a way to meet the dog where he is in order to help him get to a better version of himself. So if your dog is not wanting to spend time with you, ask yourself why. What are we missing there? And I think that's a, probably a good place to stop because I think that's something that we can I mean, go unless, into. Unless you have a great Pyrenees. Well, yeah. You know, maybe they probably don't want to, don't be offended. Yeah, don't be offended. And you know what? You may have a great Pyrenees. Like we, like I said, we have a friend who has a great Pyrenees who hangs in the house and is lazy as can be. I, I love me some Sammy. Right. But that is, truly is the exception to the rule. Yeah, but it took it, it took some time for Sammy to be like. Well, they got him because he was like, he kept leaving the farm, didn't he? Yeah, but he enjoys. away. In, but here's the thing, too. They give him what he needs. He gets his outside time. Yes. But he also has his own couch. Yeah. And he's like, actually, I like that. Yeah. But. But he's getting that need going outside. That's not indicative of that breed. Well, and they also don't live in a busy neighborhood where kids are riding up and well, down they live bikes. On a farm. They live on a, on a big. <laughs> I mean, they have a, a a lot of land, right? So, and he has things he can he can like guard. Absolutely. So, they've yeah. got a good setup for him. Yeah. He's sort of the exception. Yeah, but I would not. <laughs> Actually, I don't. Know. I wouldn't call him the exception. I would. I would say that they have set up something for him that gives him what he needs. Even though they don't have a farm, they don't have livestock for him to guard. They've given him a job. They've given him something to guard. It's just a little bit different. It just looks different. Yeah. And he likes air conditioning. You're right. (laughs) Well, it gets really hot in Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee is awful. You know, it's not really a good place for the winter dogs, the Nordic type dogs. No, he definitely, he definitely moved from another farm to their house. Yes. He's like, no. but you're right. You're right. They do. They, they do walk him, but they also let him hang outside and do what, and do what he needs to do. And he's got, you know, a pack. He's got Pavita. That's his best friend. Yeah. Cat. (laughs) Gotta protect the cat. But I mean, really it's, it's just, I, I think for me, this episode is, Thought I want it to be thought provoking for our listeners. I want you to. It's real long. Sorry, y'all. And it's and I we're just not even close to all the things I that I want to say. I I want you to look at your dog, and I want you to look at your dog differently. I don't want you to look at your dog and go, "My dog has poor manners, bad behavior." I want you to look at your dog, and I want you to to ask yourself, "Is my dog getting his needs met?" 
genetically, right? If I have a herding dog, am I meeting those needs? I'm not saying you need to go, you know, give them a sheep to run. There well, are other ways to do sheep. things, right? But also, I'd like for you to take a step back and say, you know what? Maybe my dog doesn't have a behavior problem. Yeah. All right. Maybe um, my pit bull is not a bad dog because he attacked and killed a cat. Sorry. I mean, that do- that breed was bred to. <laughs> I know. it's it's the look on my face i know it's It's, bred to go in and not stop until it's done right and not to say they can't be nice family pets we deal with some of the best they are some of the best but we also have to understand that what they've been bred to do and even though i mean they are a terrier at the end of the day day, but what (laughs) they've been bred for is to to fight until there's no fight left and so now that we've kind of taken on and this was something i listened to today about now that we've taken on pit bulls to be like hey you know sorry i was thinking bull terrier oh sorry well it's staffordshire terrier oh yeah yeah. you're right okay but the ones that we're getting you know people have been getting making pit bulls so popular that now we're having more people that's starting to breed them (laughs) To where we tried to fix an issue, but now we've made them so popular that now there's more the breeding, is more of the, yeah. and it's it's going to be a lot of underground breeding, oh, right? So, guys. for what they're they're bred for. So, we have to understand that. Yeah, I'm not saying that a pit bull is a bad dog, but we have to look at the genetics of these dogs, and not be so surprised when they kill the neighbor's cat. Mm-hmm. Um. Especially if that cat's making, you know, high-pitched noises, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I, that's that's probably a, it's probably something for a whole other day. But I, yeah, it's just, I really but... want you guys just to be thinking about these breeds that you have. And I think that right now the most popular breed is the Doodle. Yeah. And I'm not, it, there's a bunch that they've been mixing with it. That's it. I mean, that's Golden hard. Golden Doodles, Labradoodles, Bernie Doodles. Um, I've heard of Roddy Doodles. Cavapoo, Maltipoo. Cavapoos and Maltipoos. So you, you have all these mixes. you got five pounds up to 110 pounds if you have a doodle. Like, you, you just don't know. You, you really, I mean, seriously. So it's like we need to stop looking at the, the, the outside of it. Like, look what a beautiful thing this is. And, oh, it's so sweet. But are we meeting the dog's needs? And are we really dealing with behavior problems or... Is the dog exhibiting natural behavior in an inappropriate place? Mm-hmm. And, and inappropriate meaning our definition of our definition of inappropriate. Yeah, right. Uh, Australian Shepherd lunging at a bicycle that just flew by. Yeah, or a jogger, or multiple joggers, mm-hmm. right? Or three joggers, four walkers, two bicycles, and seven dogs on the greenway. Yeah, that. And wonder why the dog is like, in their words, neurotic. So let's just put a prong collar, shock collar, gentle leader. Let's do something to suppress that. But if you suppress it, it's going to come out somewhere else. That's what we say when you suppress behavior. If you don't deal with the cause, root cause of it, and suppress that behavior, it's going to come out somewhere else. Like on your 80-year-old grandma when she's at your house visiting and she's walking to the bathroom. There you go. That did not happen to us. 
Luckily, our border collie does not. It didn't heal. happen to us. However, it does happen to the people I talk to on the phone. It does quite often. It does, and so we we have to go. Okay, well, that's not a behavior problem. Your dog just exhibited something natural in an inappropriate environment. So, what can we do with that? Your dog's not a bad dog. This is what you have. Mm-hmm. So, so hopefully, we've given you at least some things to start thinking about. We'd love to hear your comments. Um, shoot us an email. Um, is the podcast email working? Podcast at dogspeak one hundred one dot com podcast at dogspeak101.com that way it won't get lost in our other mail that we get a way a lot of emails in uh but podcast at dogspeak101.com let us know your thoughts right we and the, what you're dealing with the whole point here is to get get you guys thinking and i am i'm telling you my brain right now is in so many directions as soon as i get done with this i'm going to my room and i'm studying for the rest of the night you're not going to bed i'm not it is almost 11 o'clock but i just unfortunately i can't say i know you're you're out of here um i'm just it's just there's just too many really good things um and i'm excited and i'm excited to bring it to you guys i hope you enjoyed this episode and i hope you stayed with us and uh again just make you think a little bit you may agree with us disagree with this that's okay just as long as you're thinking about it i want you to think about it and if you do disagree think about why you disagree shoot us an email and if you agree great shoot us an email all right i mean just let us know your thoughts i want i want to know that you're thinking about this because i i really do nikki's losing sleep about i am because i'm excited because finally Finally, I've I've got I found my people. Mm-hmm. Your pack. I found my pack. <laughs> I found my people, and I'm excited about it. And I'm I just I want to get. It's the whole dog speak geek thing. I'm nerdy about it, about my behavior, about dog behavior, and just understanding the in and outs of them. So um, there's just so much more we could talk about, but I guess we better wrap it up. Um, but any. Any last thoughts from a pet owner like yourself? And I know y'all think, well, she's with trainer. She lives with a trainer. Brittany is not a trainer by any stretch of the imagination. No, y'all don't want me training your dog. No, but listening to that episode, and I want you to listen to it for a couple reasons. But yeah, what do you? What would you say to pet owners about things? Validated as not a train. Like I'm not a trainer, but I felt validated as um. You know, someone who sort of treats her dog like she has the mental capacity of a human, even though, you know. They have the vocabulary of a two to four year old. Yeah. So talking to your dog is fantastic. I honestly thought I was a weirdo for talking to my dog so much because I was doing it not for her, but for me, for my anxiety, like talking to her more makes me feel better. But it's enhanced. It, it it has enhanced your relationship. It's weird. I was like, well, this is this is weird. It's actually working. And that's what we need to talk about probably in another episode. We can do that the next episode. Talking to your dog, not commanding your yeah. dog. And and I think uh, for me, it was it was validating for me as well. And I'm not a professional that's because awesome. again, you did not want me training your dog. But the relationship you developed with her is only going to continue to improve. As long as we are meeting her needs. Yeah, she's passed out right now. 
Yeah. She had a busy day. She had a busy day. But also meeting your needs. It's it's relationship. Yeah. It, it truly is yeah. a two-way street. And I think uh, just the last, I know we're totally going way over, but as a last thing, because there, there may be people listening going, okay, this relationship with my dog is like, it's not enjoyable for me. It's probably not enjoyable for the dog. Like it is okay to say this dog is not right for me and my environment. Absolutely. And you're not doing the dog a disservice. You're actually giving the dog and my, I I can hear like my, my peeps in rescue right now going, no, please don't surrender your dog right now. (laughs) But listen, but listen, it, it is better for a dog to be in a home where it can thrive and where it's getting its meats, it's meats, it's net. meats net. <laughs> let, me, let me try that one more time with my teeth in where it's getting its needs met. Um, and, and I, I think that that, that is something like we've always been really understanding about that. When, when someone calls us and says, listen, like it's not working out. This relationship is not working out. I don't have what it takes. Like, this is not the dog for me. It's not the dog. It's me. Yeah. You know, and, and most of the time, let's be real. It's us. Um, Like, that's okay. It is okay. Because like, like don't, if, don't feel guilty. I wouldn't have Isabella. Yeah, I know you wouldn't. That is not my, I know. that does, I love her and I enjoy her immensely. But if, if I was in charge of her, yeah, I couldn't have her. It, it's not, I know me. Where I was like, that's my little buddy. Right. That's like, your I, buddy. I love that dog. So. Not that I, and, and it's more than like, I love that dog. Like, she and I are, are buddies. She's my little buddy. It's a real relationship. Yeah. And so, I, if, if there's someone listening to this who has a dog, you're like, all right. I it's a commitment. That's great. I, I love your, I appreciate. That you've committed. You've committed, but it's not beneficial to you and it's not beneficial yeah. to the dog. It's yeah. like, and I, oh, I hate to even say this, I, when people get into relationships and they commit it to that relationship yeah. and then they're like, ah, yeah. this isn't benefiting either one of us and we've done everything that we could yeah. to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's tough. It is tough, but it's also um, especially because me, I'm a very loyal person. It's a grown up thing, to so do. it's hard for me, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm all about. I committed to this. Yeah, but I have in the past um, rehomed a dog, I, I, and I have too. And it is the hardest thing to do. But then knowing where the dog went and knowing that yes. like it is fulfilled and, and what it's. Oh yeah. I knew I couldn't give this dog what he needed. Exactly. He didn't fit quite. I loved him. He was amazing. He didn't quite fit. Yeah. And that and that's my life at the time. Yeah. And probably wouldn't now either. Um, but I got him a great home and he thrived and he stayed in that home until yeah. he passed. And I, I know a lot of people use that as a cop out. Like, Oh, it's just, it's just too much. Like this isn't going to work. Um, so I'm I'm not talking to those people. 
who was like, right, like I don't like get a goldfish, right? Well, no, don't because you have to actually y'all. There, you have to feed the. Fish. There's a lot that goes into having a fish. Never mind. You have to no, feed a fish. you know what? Yeah, maybe get an air plant, and that's okay too. Yeah, right. If that's what you got to take care of, yeah, don't then, even get a cat. Th- no, no, they, they are. They also need a lot more. But that's. But it's okay. It is. You know what? We need to. We need to like break that stigma. It right. is okay to not have a pet, to not have a plant. To not even have your own car to take care of, like that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You do you. You, you do take you. care of you. Right. You don't have to have a dog. Take care of you. And then if you decide you want a dog, find what's going to fit right for you. Exactly. Exactly. I, and and I'm not talking about these people who are just like I'm lazy. I'm I'm I don't want to do this anymore. Whatever. I'm talking to people who the are dog's like, old. Need to give it away. Oh God! Don't get me started. Yeah, on that. that's not like, what we're talking about. I, I'm not trying to piss my rescue friends off here. I, I'm saying that there are matches where, in like, everyone has the best of intentions. They're doing all they can. It's just not a good fit. It's really not. And and, and I've seen that happen where uh, with some rescues that have adopted out like a Jack Russell Terrier to an elderly couple. and <laughs> Or a husky to a home where it's 180 degrees. And an apartment. And again, also in an and apartment. I, and again, it's all about good intentions. But if you have the ability, and like we were saying at the beginning, if you have the, the ability to meet those needs in another way, get creative. Yep. Get real creative about it. Absolutely. Then good for you. Yeah. Go for it. We ain't trying to hate on anybody. No, I I just, I think that we just need to start talking more realistic Mm -hmm. about dogs and owners, caretakers, humans. We need to be more realistic with people Mm -hmm. and just saying, oh, you think this, I love Jack Russell's and I've wanted, I've wanted one for so long. But it didn't make my list, the short list of my next dog, because I know I cannot meet those needs with where I am in my life right now with business. That's a responsible thing to do. But I really wanted one. I really want one, right? Uh, But now is not the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when you're looking at, let's say you're looking at rescues, you need to look at what breed are they telling you? (laughs) And then also take some time to observe the dog in an you know in a simple environment to where the dog has choice to do what it wants to do safely and see if that dog is the right dog because training isn't everything and you know it's you know people say well it's it's how you raise them no it's not you can raise a dog all the right way but if you're not meeting their genetic needs then it's not going to be a good dog. It's not going to be a satisfied dog. It's going to have problems. We're not doing it any, you know, any service, any good service to this dog by just saying, well, I love it. I feed it. I take it for a walk. Mm-hmm. And it's not how you, it's not just how you raise them. We have to look at genetics. And that's something I have to do more of. And that's one of the biggest things I think I've taken away from all of this is I have to do a better job at looking at the genetics. So deeper than just the motivation behind that certain, you know, issue. 
Yeah. But I guess that might be for another podcast. That's I see. I, I'm not kidding. I could talk about this all night. Um, I'm glad that I'm really glad that you listened to that so you could talk this with me. I've made Gray. I've already told him all the ones that he needs to listen to. And Gray is probably going to be on, if not the next one, then the one after that. Yeah, because I really want him to sit down with us and, and I really want to just chat with him about it. As someone who also has hurting dogs. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll have to get Gray on a episode next month for that mm-hmm. so but i appreciate you guys hanging in if you're still listening we appreciate it um go check out beyond the operant on youtube um and then you can find her on a uh, several podcast uh, pretty much anywhere you find your podcast so uh we appreciate you guys listening to us and please share this and, and get let's get people thinking let's get people talking all right, let's get people questioning things and and let's open some dialogue to really understanding what we deem as man's best friend, which really saddens me because we've not done anything to deserve it and we're still not deserving it. But thank God for dogs. Both shows. Both shows. So we appreciate you guys, though. And we do, again, love to hear from you. We appreciate you sticking with us. Make sure you... Uh, share the episode, share with your friends, family, uh, be sure to rate us if you have an, a place to rate so that we can reach other people and create dog speak geeks all around the world. Um, and we just really, we really appreciate you guys so very much. Um, and don't forget if you've not checked out the Patreon page, check it out. We've got some new Patreon members. We're very appreciative of you guys. And, um, we look forward to, um, having some meet and greet via zoom with you guys and answer some questions. So, Uh, check it out if you've not checked it out and of course you can find our website at dogspeak101.com and on facebook dogspeak101 so brett thanks for being with us i know it's late you hung in there i appreciate it and uh (laughs) i hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week